this is um, dazed and obtuse. I keep wanting to say dazed and confused, but that's not it. We're evolving. <laughs> we're the and next revolution. Yeah, we're broadcasting from parts unknown. That's and a that. wonderful got a wonderful view with some good food. So yes, we good. do. Cold pizza and no beverages, but, but we'll make do. <laughs> Um, so my name is Unjan. I tell people that it rhymes with dungeon. That's an easy way to pronounce it. And I have with me a good friend of mine, Anna. I didn't know we were doing rhymes with, but what uh, no. rhymes with banana? Okay, Anna <laughs> rhymes with banana. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to get episode yeah. one started here. Yeah, uh, so Anna is someone that I, she works at the gym I go to, and we ended up talking, and we ended up talking a lot. And I still remember when you, the first time you let slip that, let slip, oh, look at the words I'm using. The first time you let slip that you have um, conservative tendencies. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I remember over the course of the next few weeks, we started talking more about politics and sports and current events. And we kind of got to know each other better in terms of that. And um, yeah, so the other day we were, you said something. You said, uh, "Why are there no conservative podcasts?" Exactly. And this really resonated with me because I'm sure you've experienced this. Whenever you want to find a video online of a conservative viewpoint, it would—it's always either captioned something like, uh, "Watch Ben Shapiro utterly destroy a stupid liberal," or "Watch uh, Jordan Peterson go unhinged, uh, brilliant on this guy." Or there's the other side of that, which is like Rush Limbaugh, which right, is just... Right, old man right, lecturing like, you. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we talked about is that our generation gets a lot of uh, liberal viewpoints. There's a lot of liberal podcasts. There's a lot of things that speak to educating them on a, I'll use your word, everyman basis of just having a discussion versus having it be somebody yelling at you and telling you exactly what to do. Right. Um, so I think that there's a void there. So we're hoping to, to fill it a little bit. Uh, yeah, so um, the, I, don't, I don't really know what we're, gonna, what we're trying to accomplish here, but hopefully we talk and we learn some things and we can figure out some other things and try to understand the other side a little bit better and hopefully help them understand us conservatives a little bit better. Um, before we start, I did want to read something. <laughs> so, cool. Go for it. Um, this is from uh, a podcast interview that Professor Jordan Peterson did with uh, Dave Rubin. So, in case you don't know, Jordan Peterson is a he's a clinical psychologist at the University of Toronto, and he is a free speech advocate. So, um, if you want to cut in or weigh in at any point, just. As, as, you, as you've learned over time. <laughs> we tend to think that we look at things, uh, we look at sets of facts dispassionately. You abstract out a rational conclusion from that and you believe it. The thing is that that isn't how it works. What happens instead is that you look at a field of facts that's so broad you can't see the edges, and then you filter that with your temperament. The thing is that the facts that present themselves to you will look different than the facts that present themselves to someone else. Now, you can overcome that to some degree, and that's why free speech is so important. Because you're going to look at the world one way, and you're going to look at it honestly. And it can be different than mine, than the way I look at it, and it's going to be honestly. 
but then we can talk, and I can listen to you. And I can alter my preconceptions to some degree by that exchange of ideas. It's hard because you unfold the idea, and you blast it to me, and then I have to unfold it into action, and into the restructuring of my perceptions. It's very, very complicated. So if we have a profound conversation, I'm allowing little parts of me to die and new parts of me to grow on a constant basis. It's effortful, but it's one of the mechanisms we've evolved to overcome the limitations of the individual human being. We filter information. We're lazy in our habits. We're not good at thinking. So thinking is an internal argument. Very few people can do that. They don't think. What they do is ideas appear to them and they believe them. That's what happens. Thinking is different. Thinking is saying, well, here's a set of ideas, and here's another set of ideas. Let's put them in combat and see what emerges. And that's very, very hard to do. I think the, the, the biggest thing, and I know you've read this before, introduced me to it before, and it's uh -huh. like, you know, one of the biggest takeaways to me is everyone gets so defensive. Like, yeah, he's speaking in the ideal state, right? Like, that would be... If everyone could go about having a conversation and learning about each other right. and walking away with some sort of understanding or some sort of, not necessarily agreement, because mm -hmm. we are not, I'm not looking for everybody to agree. That would be a right. horrible world to exist in. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but uh, I think in that bubble that he creates, everybody walks away with understanding. And yes, that's wonderful that and would great. be something to strive for yeah, yeah that's that's super cool to see and that would I enjoy it and I like to think that that's something I want to achieve but at the same right. point the things that because yeah because that made me think about how I process information it's like exactly I hear something or someone says something to me and I just have a reaction to it Correct. and I just run with that yeah I don't weigh it I don't process it and try to see like what are the benefits of this is there a deeper truth behind it right is there something I'm missing or is there a perspective that I'm lacking and part of it's to um, defensiveness because of lack of oh it's so hard to let go yeah. of something that you're that you hold dear to because right. people like to internalize these things so it's like when you're, I don't want to say attacking, but when you say something contrary to my politics, it's like you're you're attacking me personally. Correct. That's how a lot or of people. Or at least, yeah. And I feel like, especially in the current political environment, yeah. that's how a lot of things are playing out, and it's really, it's really disappointing. And uh, right, yeah. you're not gonna get as much throw it out at a dinner table, and it's like a, <laughs> something lit a fire, right? It's not. Right. There's no. There's very little ability to bipartisan discuss things and, right. and from ourselves all the way up the floor but I think that's the I I hear that and like it right but uh -huh. I also think okay I'm gonna react defensively sometimes because it's like if you said I hate X and I feel like what yeah. I have <laughs> uh, said I hate soccer yeah but I reacted very well I just, yes, let, you, I just you, missed you it you played it off very cool yeah, and yeah. I don't um yeah <laughs> I don't take offense people have their own opinions but I think that that's I still don't think soccer is a real sport but we'll, we'll come okay. back well, we'll, that, we'll that's going to come up later people because we'll we're going to come full circle with I'll, I'll have the world behind me on that one so uh, so Anna I have a question yeah I don't I don't want to like put a label on you and call you a conservative but you definitely do have conservative leanings yes absolutely um have you ever felt silenced or that you've had to censor yourself when expressing your opinions on something so I think it's interesting. I'm very lucky, I guess, in the sense that like our family discusses everything uh -huh. pretty openly, but obviously but we're also we're also very conservative as a family. Right. Uh, um, but I think that I would hesitate 
to share my opinion broadly at times and I would only because it's like is this worth getting being attacked into, over not even get, being attacked over is it worth <laughs> not being listened to I that, see. so like I don't necessarily care what people say back to me because okay I like to think that I have the ability to filter through like okay right you're just lecturing me now there's something quantifiable you're lecturing me now there's something right. quantifiable. but I don't know um, I think it's more in line with is this worth delving into or will you listen to me at all so it's you know, more like is this, right it's more like is this worth the effort as Correct. opposed to yeah, i don't think that sounds horrible is. but interesting yeah. no 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're not I, worth the, the I, 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 I understand what you mean though yeah and, and i think especially now i mean we our age group the people that are running their mouths more often than not are probably predominantly liberals i, I, I guess right let me rephrase that people that i interact with the loudest ones right now are liberals, and like we talked about in the beginning, um, it's not even a it's not even a negative thing. But it's like there's just there's no Democrats are doing opinions. a really great job of getting social media out. Like mm-hmm. they're doing a good job of interacting with and, and trying to rally the base. I guess for lack of a better term, I don't really love that, but I don't know that we have there. Like you said, there's not a lot. Where do we enter? How do we have that conversation? Right. And with the division right now, anyways, it's just like anything you say just right. automatically that, is like, that's, oh, you voted for Trump, and it's like, well, wait, let's that, just talk about the. That's that's one of the hardest things that I've noticed is that as it's almost a taboo. It's like saying you're a conservative is almost a four letter word these yeah, days. Yeah. So, um, I wouldn't have expected someone like me to be a conservative either because yeah. I'm obvious I'm an Indian dude so people always assume for some reason that minorities are always liberal and and I get a lot of hate for that for some reason they're like oh what are you why are you like this and but <laughs> let's set that aside for now but it's like you said a lot of people the loudest voices now are especially con- uh, liberal so yeah. and I, get, I don't really want to have it be a us versus them kind oh, of thing. Oh, no, absolutely or not. not. not I, I don't think you're doing that. Um, but it's like, the have leftward tendencies, I guess. I, I don't know. It's liberal, like... A, <laughs> uh, are we labeling them that, now? That's, are we? that's the thing now. Like, you, these words have become, like, divisions. Right, like, yeah. There's, I don't know if I... As soon as you say, like, oh, he's a conservative, he's a liberal, people roll their Correct. eyes. And yeah. It's like, there's there has to be, like, a common ground. Right. Like, there used to be a time where... Um, conservatives and liberals both wanted the same thing they just disagreed on the means on what yeah how to do it yeah so um hopefully like in this conversation that we're gonna have that we're having right now we can probably like i don't even want to say myths but i feel like a lot of people have some misunderstandings about conservative positions and that's probably our own fault that we don't have very good messaging. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Our nominee this this past election cycle was um, suboptimal, to say the least. Um, but yeah, it's it's very hard to to explain where you're coming from and what you believe in when people think that what you believe in is inherently wrong. I think, and the reason for that is that the image that they think about with us is is all negative images like if you Uh were to play some sort of psychology game it's like you see conservative and you think x like most people are not going to say rich old white man yeah yeah exactly which neither of us are 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> as evidenced by our names and voices. Um, but I think the the other thing is when you look at when you look at our the political la- landscape now in DC, they're also causing the rift that we're experiencing between ourselves mm-hmm. is the same thing that you see in the Senate and the House and right. okay how now they're passing things to spite each other versus right. you know you know what I mean so, so um, it's like and, and that's a broad generalization but it is it's not you're not coming together to have a discussion and it's like one way is always com- right. yeah that's yeah. what that's what's happening in the yeah Senate that's great yeah. that's a that's a great example um, so that's it's like now I don't know which one's mirroring which but all of us on the ground and all of us looking at and mm-hmm. as you look at Capitol Hill it's the same problem and it's like we're not doing it to help each other we're doing it to spite each other and that's where I think it's I hate that feeling because why would we ever want to do that we are very lucky with what we have right. so why not make I feel it better? like I feel like there's there's a little blame on both sides because oh, there was absolutely. definitely some sense of uh, Fred where you're like, okay, I'm glad that these people lost and that they're all crying. Right. And I saw a lot of that on social media when when the election results came out. And it was very disappointing to see that. Like, It's not just about beating them. It's about how we can all move forward. It's right. not just like us versus them. Yeah. And I feel like that's become one of the main problems now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and... yeah. I don't know that there's an easy way to solve that. You know, I think that it takes <laughs> no, where do, where do you move that needle first? Do you move it in local areas? So mm-hmm. like, okay, you see, I'm from Ohio originally, so <laughs> as Anjan knows and has felt my wrath of when you decided to question my Yes, she does not state. like it when you talk about Cleveland. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I love when you talk about Cleveland. Okay, and the she doesn't like when you say bad things about Cleveland. Yeah, 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 no. absolutely. Um, <laughs> But, you know, obviously, Kasich and Hankenlooper, the governor for Colorado, have had... I, I don't necessarily always agree with what they're doing. I don't always agree with what John Kasich has done in the past. Right, just just to preface for people who might not know, uh, John Kasich Thanks. is the Republican governor of Ohio, and Hickenlooper is the Democratic governor of Colorado. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily that I agree with everything they're doing, but it's nice to see two sides start to at least... Mm-hmm. want to work together and try to like you said actually build something that's going to lead to success and uh, I'm not looking for you know I still feel certain ways about conservative principles so I obviously want it to sway in my right. my favor more often than not uh-huh. but how do they get to the point right before we sat down today I actually did talk to a bunch of my liberal friends so most of my friends are liberal but I asked them like what are some reasons that you're not on board with the conservative agenda? What do you, mm-hmm. what specifically about conservative policies can you not get on board with? Right. And they had some very, very interesting responses. Um, so one of the main things that, uh, <laughs> that came up was um, immigration, was that conservatives have a very, uh, they, they say it's called an anti-immigration stance. Right, right. But obviously this is a very divisive issue and there's no easy solution to it. But um, I, I don't know, what is, do you have, so one of the main things that was really controversial in the news recently was the DACA thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what happened in the news media was it was um, mischaracterized. So what actually happened was a bunch of states sued the Trump administration and said that this DACA program was unconstitutional. 
and there was a good chance that this was going to go to Supreme Court and that the program would have ended. So rather than have um, Attorney General Sessions defend the DACA program in the Supreme Court, what President Trump did was he withdrew the program, which is going to go into effect in six months, mm -hmm. and he gave um, the Congress basically um, six months to fix this, which is exactly what should have happened. So that is one of the main things that I feel uh, conservatives and liberals um, disagree on. So people, I don't know how many people even know this, but one of the main conservative principles is small government. Mm -hmm. And a part of that is um, we want the actual lawmaking to be done by the congressmen and senators. Yeah. We don't want it to be done by executive order. So uh, something that's really disappointing is like people People love executive orders when it goes in their favor, but then they hate it when it goes against them. So like when President Obama signed a bunch of executive orders, a lot of people were happy about it and a lot of conservatives were unhappy. And now when it's going back the other way, it's kind of swinging the other way too. So it's like a flipping of, of opinions. And I, I don't think that, I think that legislation should be done by the legislative body and the executive should just stick to that. And by that same token, I don't think that the Supreme Court should be legislating either. I think that what you do is you make a judgment on the basis of the law as it stands right now. Mm -hmm. You don't you Great. don't try to um, interpret it differently or do anything like that. You you take it for what it is. Interesting. I, what I, are your thoughts on that? So like, on like the, separa the separation, or immigration, or uh, we don't what not, we not, wanna, not we don't specifically, specific. not specifically immigration, but just okay. on the separation of power between the three branches. Oh yeah, I think that, that I completely agree that one of the things, and I think it's really cool actually now that because the election was so divisive. Yes, <laughs> this is gonna sound. I you're gonna be like, why are you getting excited about this? But more people have sought to understand, I think, right. a lot better. People so, are a lot more engaged. Yeah, and, so, and they're starting to see how much power the executive correct. actually has. Yes. And they're starting to realize that that might not be the best thing. Right. So although it you know shines poorly on the current president because of not only, and you touched on this a little bit before, obviously anything he does has some sort of polarizing way, and part of it is mm -hmm. because... His, uh, just the way he does it? Yes, the way he does it, his uh, <laughs> actions following it or before it or, you know, anything surrounding it can sometimes just be a little off kilter. But right. oh, I digress there. Um, but it's teaching people about what they're learning, I think, a lot and soaking it in. Because I don't, executive order, what, how many people do you think knew that before, before when he started in office, he signed, you know, the so, immigration ban is right. one of the first Yo, things you're right. That's that it. Went, yeah. That went over very poorly. Right, exactly. And people were like, oh, you know, up in arms over an executive uh -huh. order. And I think you're right. It was a lack of education of, oh, look at how often this has been used previously. Right. Understanding it. So I think the exciting part is right now we're in a world of people are want the knowledge. Now, like you said, the news media is skewing things side to side and how do we get everybody to be well informed? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh -huh. But um, I agree with you that I think that, th and that goes back to my feelings on if Congress can work together at some point. Like, yeah, I still want X, right. uh, but like yeah. I want them to be able to have a dialogue on things. Like, I want healthcare uh -huh. to be discussed. I want ideas to be brought to the table. I want the best end, which I have a personal opinion about what that looks like. <laughs> but nonetheless, like I want it um, to be. Did you see the headlines when uh, President Trump worked with um, uh, 
majority minority leaders Schumer yeah, on yeah. the Harvey Relief Bill, yeah. and I would have expected people to be a little more happy about it that he's making an effort to reach across the aisle right. to get his agenda done. Yeah, but I don't know. It was just a very negative, negative response by all all media. Like I would ex- I would expect that from the likes of maybe Breitbart, yeah. or more of the right leaning things. They're like, oh no, he's going across he's the aisle. He's giving something up. Yeah, but. It was it was a left media too. It was I, I don't know if I should be saying left media, but uh, you understand what I mean. Yeah. The more like the more mainstream stuff like right. CNN, MSNBC, and it was just very disappointing to see that that a president working together with a senator who he's actually really good friends with right, in real right. life. In is, real life. <laughs> in real in real life. It's, it's like besides rest- this uh, yeah. TV show that we're living yeah. in right now. <laughs> uh, that's that's something I usually say when I'm talking about. Uh, wrestlers yeah you know. there you go no they're friends in real life no that'll be another digression at some point yeah we're, we're gonna talk about wrestling oh, you're gonna need somebody else on for that I think. <laughs> i'll be i'll be rough for that <laughs> sorry go ahead no but that was just really was something that took me by surprise to see that yeah i think that you know it goes back to your point of uh, what you read previously too like mm-hmm. how many people are taking the time to hear the same story multiple multiple ways Mm-hmm. That's actually a hobby of mine. Whenever I see a major headline, I like to read the same story on CNN, Fox, Breitbart, and MSNBC. Yeah, yeah. And with all of these four sources, you can kind of figure out what the real picture right. is, and you can understand the pros and the cons. I'm not saying that this is fake news or one side is fake news or whatever. It's more like if I want to convince you to feel a certain way. I'm going to report facts in a certain way. Correct. And it's like, it's like the thing I read earlier. It's like what you want to believe also influences how you interpret Correct. things. Yeah. So to that end, I think it's important to have um, a diversity of sources too. Not yeah. just... Because I, I was a horrible victim of that this past election cycle. I read mostly CNN and I thought the, the election was going to be a blowout. Yeah. And the next well, I morning I wake up and, <laughs> and it was just a complete... Shocked, yeah, yeah, it was pandemonium. <laughs> That's a good great word. <laughs> and the world did not end. We're pretty, we're safe still. Yeah, um, yeah. I just don't know how. I think you're the exception, not the rule. Most people don't have time that, to, right. to listen to that, or most people uh, just aren't very politically engaged. I correct, think. and like I said, it is hot, like a hot topic now uh-huh. more than ever, and I think people are more seeking it. But is that? Do you think that's the case, or? What I'm, what I'm, the vibe I get from a lot of people I know is that they themselves are not politically engaged, but they have one loudmouth friend on Facebook that's leading them. That's posting huh. Huffington Post, Slate, BuzzFeed, and like uh, thirty most ridiculous things President Trump said right, in right, his right. speech. And um, what President Trump's latest statement about uh, NFL owners is racist, and I feel like that. And when you see that, you tend to take it at face value. You don't really read it. And again, I there's no right or wrong here. It's just like you're getting your information from a source that wants to, that makes Quick its bait. money off yeah. making you feel a certain way. Right. You know. So it's um, it's like a it's like the slacktivism of news consumption. You yeah, know. It's like yeah. you. That's it's just it's very tangential. You're not engaged, but you're still getting it somehow. Yeah. My uh, it always reminds me. So my 
background is in exercise physiology and nutrition. And one of the things that whenever we read research papers, mm-hmm. you'd always look at who funded the research study. Right. So if it's like, oh, this was funded by the... No, yeah, like uh, this is funded by the U.S. egg industry. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, this is the best thing. You know, it's just like finding out. You would you would think reading this research article that one thing, okay, this is the best thing ever, Since and then you bread, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bread industry obviously grain yeah whole uh, wheat yeah exactly. But it, it, you know, so I think that I've always applied that to everything I've read. So I've been fortunate from that standpoint because uh-huh. it's like you're. A, you're unveiling like the truth behind it when you're like who funded this like that's right. crazy um but it's the same principle can be applied to media sources like how you have to look behind the curtain yes and you have to kind of keep your head on your shoulders and see what yeah. like a general rule is when something makes you angry think about why right and what the agenda of the, of the person who wrote the article yeah. is so that's that's uh, something that i use personally yeah and i think like you said i mean if you were to say, if somebody asked me a question about how I feel about a uh-huh. certain topic, I'm going to answer in my personality. Like, n- news people are still doing that too. Like, even if they're doing fact based reporting, right. there's still, I don't think there's any human that can turn off right. their I, self at the end I of the day. I remember um, on election night, wrong, there was, I think it was Jake Tapper, one of the CNN agents, yeah. he, let, he let slip, he said, um, so if we're gonna win, we need to win these next states. Yeah. And instead of saying Hillary Clinton, he said we. And that was like a big yeah. and Wolf Blitzer, who was co hosting with him at the time, his face just like went like, Oh, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was <laughs> But I see what you mean. Like I, I forget the exact statistics, but it's definitely more than seventy or eighty percent of journalists are registered Democrats. Right, and that doesn't, again, and it doesn't again, bother me. It's, I'm not saying yeah. what they're saying is fake news. I'm nope. not saying that what they're doing is 100% false. I'm just saying that they probably have an agenda. Yeah, and I don't, well, mm-hmm. maybe not even known to them, though, too. Even if you're trying to be as, even if I read something about, and I'll go back to my world, even if I read something about exercise physiology, I know this, that, this, that, mm-hmm. this, that, and let's say I really like to implement that strategy, but this other trainer doesn't we're both going to see those statistics in different ways like right. you know I don't know and that's not like me trying to that's, take out that's it's so just interesting a, yeah, yeah it's just a we can read the same thing and feel different ways and even if I'm like oh no it's X, filtered y, through your yeah, temperament right yeah, yeah. And we were all raised at certain points and we've all right. had interactions that help shape that so but I agree with you I, I think I love to think that, like, I love to learn more about what does this side think of this because I think it's so fun. Like, right. I think that's like, oh, well, now I see your uh-huh. side and I get it. But um, another another common refrain. So back to my first question of um, oh, you probably have something along the way that I didn't answer. Sorry. Oh no no no. This was um, what I said. Um, what are some conservative policies that oh, right. liberals have difficulty getting on board with? Mm-hmm. And one that I heard from a couple of different people was. Um, that they don't care about the less fortunate and the poor people. And that really that really kind of it bugs me to hear that because one for one I don't think it's 100% accurate. What all let's, of us don't care about the right. Let, let, I mean, let's examine that. So when when we when they say that conservatives don't care about poor people, it's it's because in the past um, some conservatives have tried to pass legislation to make it more difficult 
right. to receive um, welfare benefits and other entitlements. Not just welfare, but all sorts of um, entitlements. So it was... Uh, this will be a fun conversation for another day. We'll have to write that topic down. All right. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's... Uh, <laughs> We're learning, uh, or let me rephrase. I'm learning from Anjan about all the cool technology that he bought for this podcast. So uh, I, bear I, with me. I purchased a microphone. That was that was the, that was the limit of it. Yeah, mind blowing. And I browbeat Anna into doing this with me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Another one that I got a lot of was um, climate change. So I, I don't think we've ever discussed this. No, no, I just I, mentioned I'm, it the other day. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on um, global warming and climate change and eventually the Paris Accords, if we can get to that. Okay, you want to do that all? T- are we doing it today? I, I just want to hear if you have any overarching thoughts that we can... Um, we don't have... No, no, we can talk about it. I'm trying to think of formulating a, a snippet of my thoughts. Okay, sure. so I think that... Let's see... I think that obviously we've done multiple things to damage the earth. Like, welcome to world, the world. Like, we, we uh, again, I'm from Ohio, so we saw a river catch on fire. So I think that uh, <laughs> I've been a witness to pollution, right? Uh, my dad's actually an environmental engineer. Uh, so Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, but uh, which is actually very intriguing for the next statement. It's, I believe that climate change is a problem however I don't necessarily it's to the extreme to what most Democrats think it is and I I think that in general yeah we want to become a more efficient society that's not relying on certain pieces but it's going to take us a while to get to the point where we figure out what those pieces of technology are but we're evolving so quickly right now that that will only take time so I guess I look at it from more of a science standpoint of why wouldn't we stop using mm-hmm. these things when we can have something that's always omnipresent? Um, and obviously, I think that we've done damage to where I mean, go to the Bolanus Canal. Like, yeah, you'll see sludge everywhere. Um, <laughs> but, but there's still, I think that people make it an extreme. And obviously, right now, I you know I'm very sensitive to the fact that I recognize there have been some horrible. Um, devastating disaster, natural disasters that have obviously happened in the last. If, if I can jump in, yeah, um, sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel like one of the main problems of this entire discussion, the entire um, climate change, global warming discussion in the public eye, is um, people don't really draw the distinction between uh, global warming and climate change. So the climate, a climate is like a macro term. It refers to the entire weather pattern of an area. Right. And global warming is, as the word implies, a global term. So I don't think anyone is denying that the average global temperature has been increasing at a faster pace than it has in years past. So that, that settles the global warming thing. Right. Like there is data that cannot be debated. Right. right, right, right. It's, it's set in stone. But the thing about climate change, so that's where it gets a little more murky. So... When you're saying the climate is changing, that means that there's abnormal weather patterns. And to be 100% honest with you, there hasn't been any solid, incontrovertible data to that end. There hasn't been any data that says, like, obviously I'm, I'm going to 
make and I'm gonna exaggerate, but there's not it's not like summer and winter are flipping. Oh, right. It's not like we're seeing more storms because that's something. So that actually came up during this whole Hurricane Harvey and Irma debate. I don't know that people have said that they're seeing more. They did. They said more that. More intense. Uh, no, they said it was more. made worse by. Oh, um, interesting. I, sorry, I shouldn't say more. It was made worse by global warming okay. and climate change. And there's been no evidence to that, absolutely none, that climate change had any effect on those storms. It's just that for the past 15 years, we've been incredibly lucky to, yeah. not, not even 15 years, but like the past 10 years, up until this point, we've been incredibly lucky that nothing had Multiple hit the U.S. mainland. Yeah. Right. But I feel like that's, that's an important distinction to make because people like to use those words interchangeably, and they're definitely not interchangeable, at least... So there's, and another stat that people love, love to quote is that um, 90% of scientists believe in global warming or climate change. But, okay, what, what does that really mean? Or do they believe that it's real? Because yes, 100% should believe it's real. Right. But do they also believe that it's a threat to our survival? Do they believe that it's a threat to our species and a threat to the entire planet? And that is probably where you're going to find a little divergence of opinion. Um, it, it's like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. Do you, no, do you have no, no, you're on a, you're on a roll. I'm listening. <laughs> I can tell this is probably the most uh, impassioned you've been since we started this. Oh, oh you've I, been very passionate about our conversation, but this is something that actually strikes a nerve <laughs> and you can see it. No, because I had this exact debate with a friend yesterday. And we were, I told him, like, he asked me how I felt about the Trump presidency so far. And yeah. I told him, I'm just calling balls and strikes. Um, I try to ignore every word that he says. I don't, I don't read his tweets. I don't read right, right, analysis yeah. of his tweets or his statements. I just look at what is he doing and how is it affecting people. Right, right. And I feel like that's probably the best way to, to, best way to be it. in Yeah, in, that's in pretty time, impressive. In times like these. It, it takes a conscious effort to ignore all those headlines, but... So I think that my problem with is you you're speaking more broadly, and I think I went way more specific than you probably wanted uh-huh. me to with my no, no, answer. No, no, that, uh, that's but that's I just fine. I think I more see there are obvious problems that we can fix and become. And like I said, I'm looking at it more. How do we become more efficient as right. a society? So again, it's hard. I guess I I see absolutely no, I, see what you're saying. Let's, but, let's, let's get it there though. Um, so that's one of the main points where people diverge is the extent to which climate change is, is going to be damaging right. to us. And another thing where people have a lot of differences is um, what exactly we should do about it. And yeah. that's what I think you were trying to yeah, address. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the Paris Accord, so when uh, President Trump withdrew the U.S. Yeah. from that. And I didn't know much about it uh, until that happened, and I saw like everything was blowing up. Like, oh, people are writing doomsday letters and all that. Right, right, right. Which I I thought that might have been a little bit of an overreaction, but let's 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 try to parse that. So, what were the Paris Accords? It was there was not legally binding by any means. Right. It was just like we all hey agree to do this. We're going to try to be better. Right. You know. Yeah. But it was I my personal opinion, and again, this is probably not going to go over too well. It's a little controversial. Is that it was just lip service, and it was just like, hey, we're we're going to do this, but we're not really going to do anything. I feel like if you're going to start making changes, um, I don't know how effective the government can be at that. 
in terms of what it can, all the government can really do is um, regulate things. Right. So when you regulate things, you're all the end result. Of course, this is a gross oversimplification. Is that you're just making it more expensive and um, more expensive to. Yeah, it, I think that the the pie in the sky idea, uh-huh. and I don't, I actually don't agree with this, but it's like, oh, we can move to this industry and we'll create jobs and we can then mm-hmm. put these restrictions on this and then this will funnel A, B, and C. And it's like, okay, like I said, I want to create things that make us more efficient. Right. I want to create things that make Everyone us does, but technology yeah. uh-huh. driven, but is that the purpose behind it? I don't, I don't necessarily think so but it sounds good right well i agree with you who doesn't want to make the world exactly a better place? That, like, that, that's like <laughs> i'm that, on board <laughs> that's such a truism right yeah um and i had this conversation as i as i was saying with my friend and uh i told him that in times like this the, the private sector usually steps up and we've been seeing that in recent years where um uh, let's look at elon musk and tesla right. look at the the innovations that he's doing for the car industry it's it's crazy to see like Okay, five, ten years ago, there, the electric cars got you maybe 40 miles from your house before you're looking around for an iPhone charger. But now it's like it can get you 300 miles. And right. I saw that Dyson, the blow dryer, I saw that too. The blow dryer manufacturer is trying to get into the electric car industry. I think it must have been in the elevator here. Uh, I don't know if it was, but <laughs> it could be. I think I saw it on CNN actually. Oh, but right. So it's like when. I feel like this is not something, it, it is obviously something that we should all be concerned about, but I don't know to what extent the government, the federal government, should get involved in this. Because obviously you do need restrictions to, peop, to right. keep companies from dumping like acid in their water. Correct. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. Using, I was we, using an extreme we, example. We need, them, <laughs> we need the government to keep us safe, but we also need energy, and energy is what drives the economy forward. And people lose sight of that. Like, it would be great if we could move towards more eco-friendly options, but that takes time and it's expensive. Right. And expensive like, right creating now. solar yeah. panels is expensive. You have to mine all these minerals right. and metals. It's not as simple as like, okay, well, I'm going to call Solar City and, and they're going to put them up. up. Yeah. No, and, <laughs> and it's it, going to run all the time, no matter what. Right. Um, but I do feel like, um, and the thing is. <laughs> I was being a little bit of a jerk to my friend, I told him, because we kept going back and forth, and it got a little more heated, and I said, listen, it's not like President Trump is going to come burn coal in your front yard. If you want to go green and minimize your carbon footprint, you always, yeah. Yeah. we can all start doing this at a local level, because if you look at the stats and you say 90% of people believe in global warming, then theoretically those 90% of people make should, those changes be, to themselves. should be trying to be more green, you know, like yeah. we can all... Can all do things. Bike more. Uh, You're not in for that. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that to you, Anna. <laughs> I got it. I'm on it. Uh, I, I took one spin class out. That was that's it true. Me. That's that true. That was it. That's for true. Me. Uh, I think that you obviously hit on the biggest principle that we'll come back to frequently is federalism. How much government do we want involved uh-huh. in anything? And and that's something that I think in, in tying back to your original point, like liberals think X of conservatives it's like they've totally lost sight that that's one of our biggest they like it's just now we're just horrible right. humans we no longer right. have, have any valid view yeah we have no value. We have, we've lost the moral moral authority to, to express your opinions right right to, um, to some degree um, 
so what uh, to go back to my earlier <laughs> point as they keep doing what I found that helps a lot in having a conversation with someone who disagrees with your viewpoints is a lot of people don't understand that when a conservative is opposed to an idea for instance, let me say healthcare, or even mm-hmm. something a little more controversial, like welfare or public um, entitlements. It's not that we hate this; we don't want anyone to have healthcare. We think the right, poor and right, sick right, should right. die. No, that's absolutely not it. We just think that we don't want the federal government to do it to control it. Right. So just because we don't believe in a program, it doesn't mean we don't think the program itself should exist. It's more like Maybe the guys that run the DMV are not the best ones to be running our hospitals, you know? Um, I, 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 meant to, <laughs> I meant to look up the stats on this, but I think uh, the VA hospitals, and uh, Anna, you've worked with uh, the Wounded Warriors Project, so I'm sure you've had some experience with this, but the VA is one of the most uh, highly funded federal agencies. And they're also the least efficient. So it's it all boils down to, okay, we both want this, but liberals feel like the government is the best agent to do this. We feel like the government sucks and that the government should stay in Washington and let, every, let people lower down here. I think that government sucks. Like, they can still participate sometimes. <laughs> still they they, can, they can come around on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get visitation rights yeah, on weekends. Exactly. <laughs> Some nights and weekends. That's about it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I won't. The VA is a whole other topic for right. the other day. I'm um, sorry. I'm just no, all, I'm that's, all over the place. That's huge. That's crazy. Um, as oh, I didn't mention, but I'm actually in the U.S. military, so this is something that I I, I don't you'll experience. I will. I hope I don't experience yeah. any injuries. Not but, in a yeah. You right. probably still will interact with them at some point. Uh, just look at the. If you ever want to learn something crazy about the VA, just Google Denver VA Hospital building. And uh, check out how much money they donate. They not donated. They put into it, and how many times they had to fix it, and uh, how long it took. So that's a, something for the that's viewers of pro- yeah. That is a homework project for yeah. the viewers of days and obtuse. Yeah. Not confused. So. Yeah. That's, that's your Get on it, guys. <laughs> There's actually probably a million things that you'll want to learn about now. But <laughs> All right, let's we, we probably spark some some interest. Hopefully, somewhere along. That the way. would be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hopefully, this isn't the first takeaway you had all day. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, not the rating point. But like we were saying, it's not just um, like the VA is a federal institution and it's horribly run. And it's not. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some sort of government. Uh, healthcare for um, military vets or anything, but maybe not at the federal level because that's just not the right way to do things. And I feel like that is one of the other main, main principles of conservatism is we want to take as much power away from the center as possible Mm -hmm. and move it down to the people. So to give an analogy that, um, this isn't mine, so I forget where I heard this, but it's very effective. Um, Think about a giant company like uh, Google. Do you really want the CEO of Google or Facebook to be running every little thing that goes mm-hmm. on? Because that's essentially what the federal government is. It's upper, 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 upper management. 
So think about this as if you're a person living in Alaska, where you have bears running around your front yard, or you're in Montana, you gotta shoot the rattlesnakes that are trying to steal your chickens, or (laughs) maybe the rattlesnakes are in Arizona. I think we've we've, uh, gotta do some geography later. Okay. Okay. I don't think there's rattlesnakes uh, running around Montana as much. Colorado, yeah. Have you been to Montana? No. Have you? God, we're horrible humans. We'll we'll table that. (laughs) Bears in Alaska, definitely rattlesnakes in Colorado. We'll investigate how far north they travel. Yeah, we'll we'll check. That that can be a homework assignment for you guys, too. That's embarrassing for us. (laughs) Anyways. Rattlesnakes in the U.S. Look it up. (laughs) But I'm saying... uh, So when you're making a law in Washington and applying it to all 50 states, you're applying it to places like New York City where you have 8 million people stacked on top of each other like sardines. And you're applying the same exact law to a place like Montana where you have one person per three square miles. So it's like it doesn't really make sense to have the same same laws applied at a federal level. I'm reading about rattlesnakes in the world. No, not no, sure. you got you carry on. You carry on. No, but that that's one of the main things. So so think of Facebook and imagine if uh, Mark Zuckerberg was micromanaging every single one of his teams. How inefficient that system would be if you had to get funding from him, if you had to get final approval from him. What conservatives believe in to a large extent is let's take the power away from Zuckerberg or from the center, Washington in this case, and move it as close to the people as we can. So at the next level, that means give more power to the states. Mm-hmm. If Colorado wants to legalize marijuana, let them do it. Right. If New York wants to ban guns, let them do it. If Montana wants uh, to, to give get rid of gu- rattlesnakes, right? Mm-hmm. If they want to stop breeding rattlesnakes down in Montana, <laughs> let them do it. It's <laughs> still loading. We'll let it. We'll but that's that's one of the main things. Like, give the power to the states and let the states give it to the cities and the mm-hmm. counties. It's like, if I want a stop sign put up in front of my house because people are speeding and someone almost hit my kids or what, I don't have kids, but if, if that had happened, I wouldn't want to write, have to write a letter to Washington to get right. it done. You want the power to be as close to you as possible to make it more accessible and more in touch. And I feel like, I feel like it's great to have, people feel like it's great to have centralized power when it's someone they like, which is what happened the past eight years people are like great like we love president obama i mean a lot of people did feel that way yeah some of that i think is also hindsight now they like him uh, more than they did his you know what i'm saying i think i absolutely agree with you the people liked him but now they're like look how cool he is right right windsurfing with yeah i mean he seems like a great guy (laughs) he does seem like a very cool guy but yeah it's like you, you think that it was great to have the federal government involved, but now that you don't like the federal government mm-hmm. so much, it's like, maybe we should just uh, let them keep the lights on, let them fund the army, keep the enemies at bay, secure our borders, and leave everything else to the states. I don't know. That's Somewhere in between, I, personally, for me. Like, I don't want them to have as much power as right. most Democrats or liberals want. Uh-huh. But I want a little bit more than. Those. Oh, I, I'm obviously speaking very. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're going extreme for me. Yeah, okay, I, mean, I gotcha. I, was I, like, I think that. But I agree with your. Uh huh, and that's almost a libertarian uh, perspective where it's like, 
okay, we, we just want people to be as free as possible, and we want the government to keep the lights on and right. keep the people safe. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's... Your basic needs versus right. your... And leave the rest to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that gets lost a lot. Yeah, in, I agree. And what we discourse. want. Yeah. Right. I agree. It's, so it's... I, I, I wish people would understand that it's not the ends that we disagree on, it's the means to get right. there. Yeah, I, for, yeah, and for the most part, because if if they looked at, if we looked at them the way they look at us, then <laughs> we would only but look anyway, at a small yeah. sector of like extremists. The, like, the smallest, loudest people are always the worst representatives yeah. of any group. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, one person says X, Cause, all cause, of them must Because they're, they're fun to put in the viral videos oh. and the brain stompings and... Uh, crazy liberal and racist Trump supporter and Bernie bro. And it's just the, the, the extremes the and the outliers are so much more fun to watch. <laughs> and it's so much, it's a much better tool to make everyone else angry. Yeah. So if, if you just want to like go on YouTube and look up like racist Trump supporter, watch, watch a five minute video, then another one shows up. Right. And you just go down that rabbit hole and it just like starts messing with your brain a little bit. And the, everyone must be right and then there's a flip side of it you watch um, a liberal triggered video or whatever they're calling these videos and it's like oh man all liberals are snowflakes and yeah <laughs> and it just gets like you're looking at the very worst examples of right. both of these groups and you're judging the entire group based yeah. on that uh, and, yeah. there has to be a common ground I don't have anything else. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah, we could have if we could actually get everybody to that common ground. That's gonna be that's what we're doing, right? That's, that's our, our goal. That's our goal. Our goal is not necessarily to force our opinions on them. It's to more have an educated dialogue it with is. it, and and hopefully get feedback from people about things that I don't expect to ever be a hundred percent correct on anything that I think. I think that's mm-hmm. why I like to have discussions, and uh, sometimes it's checking my ego. To be mindful of the fact that uh, my opinion may not be correct, uh, so just keeping that in in mind as well. I think one of the main main things that we need to do to get to that point is um, take away some of the taboo of being a conservative. Yeah, because a lot of things I've been called online, not on social media, but um, it's a site called Quora. I don't know how many of you use it, but it's a question and answer site, and I. I Again, I'm not a crazy person. Here's how they all start that sentence, I think. Here's the thing. This is what I found myself saying this a lot more and more recently. Like, I'm starting to have to qualify things, everything I say with, um, I'm not a bigot, I'm not this, I'm not that. Right, right, right. And then I think about what I'm about to say. I'm like, hang on a second. This is not racist or homophobic or bigoted or anything like that. So why am I apologizing? Why am I censoring myself? So... I feel like once we stop with the name calling and actually hear what the person has to yes. say, instead of instead of like demonizing people right off the bat, like oh liberal tears or oh uh, racist homophobe, like right. instead of doing that, I feel like um, talking is probably <laughs> listening, listening and talking. Yes, yeah. then <sighs> truly, uh, I think I'm at fault for this as well. But how many of us sit and wait 
for your chance to talk versus slowing down to actually it's hear like, someone. It's like what uh, Professor Peterson said, when you have an idea, when you hear something, we tend to react to it instead of internalizing it and trying to understand what it actually means. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a, a stat. It's not really relevant to what we've been talking about. Sorry, throw it I out there. On, on the spot here. 51% of U.S. college students think it's okay to shout down speakers they don't agree with. <laughs> That's obviously a very uh, dicey and... I don't know. Ooh, where is this poll coming from? I, let's not, let's, okay, so let's say take it at face value. Take I, I don't remember where I saw this. All right. But. All right. Um, <laughs> do you think that... Um, people should do that if you don't agree with what someone's saying. And it, and again, this is not to condone any of the extremists, right. left or right. Yeah. But do you think that people should be shouted down? So uh, before before I ask you, let me let me tell you my thoughts yeah. on this. And I, I'll, I, yeah, I'll... I I feel like um, the best way to fight someone who's like the KKK or the white supremacists, which are detestable, reprehensible groups, but if they're holding a rally and the best way to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not fight or combat them. Educate. Not even educate uh, them, but just to uh, defeat them, I, I guess. Let's, yeah, let's go, I understand let's what you're saying, defeat, but yeah. It's just to not show up. Just don't care about it. Let them walk around. To and no just, one. Right. Let them walk around and yell in the sun for a couple hours and they'll go home and drink a few beers and watch football. And that's it. They, these 8,000, 20,000 crazy people go back to their lives and the rest of us move on. And I feel like that, that's, that whole thing is gone from society these days where if you don't like something, you just ignore it. <laughs> now it's like, wait, I don't like that and I have to do something about it. Yeah, I also think, but I think that it's interesting that you say that because uh-huh. our whole premise has been to educate people, right? So uh, I agree, it's, that's a that's in the <laughs> near impossible climate to do it in. Right. So how do you get to the point of my, ever having a conversation with them? Or are we saying we can't well, change them? I'm saying, Not change, but we can't I'm saying if you're trying to change them, like showing up at their rally and yelling at them. Yeah, it's might, not, I agree. It might not 51% be the, seems extreme. And I right, right. Oh, th- that, that was just a starting point. But I'm yeah. saying like if you're trying to talk to the KKK, like yeah. yelling at them. This is hard. To, it's probably not not gonna do the trick. yeah um i watched a very very interesting video it was pretty old um do you know are you familiar with uh, christopher hitchens he's uh maybe he's I a famous atheist and he he did he passed away a few years ago in 2011 okay. i believe he was a famous atheist he is a bit of a jerk think of like dawkins or sam harris okay. in, in that vein a little bit but he did an interview with um the leader of the KKK or the neo-Nazi party in America. He did a full 30-minute sit-down interview with this gentleman. And it wasn't, it was just the two of them on like public access television. That's crazy. And he, he asked such, I don't even want to say like trapping questions, but such incisive and clear questions that at the end of it, this KKK guy looked like a complete idiot. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, his father called in to the interview because <laughs> it was on public access television this uh 
I think it was the KKK the, leader's dad. Yeah, his dad oh called in and started yelling at him like, "Oh, you're just like twisting our words." And he's like, "No, this is what you guys are saying." And it's it's a thing of beauty to see how if you let them talk, you will find out that what they're saying is utterly nonsense right. and that they have not a single good idea. It happened with the Tiki Torch kid too. Do you remember? That uh, young gentleman yeah. with the uh, tiki torch and he was photographed yelling. Yeah. They did a full 30-minute interview with him, and uh, they're like, why are you doing this? Why do you feel these things? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, okay, so you're, you kind of don't really have anything to you No, you're just feeling like you want to have anger right. at X. Yeah, I feel like if you go there and you show up and you yell at them, you're just validating them. I, again, I, I don't. There's no real right side to this. It's just. Uh, yeah, I think. I, well, no. There's clearly a right side to this. Yeah. Let me. Sorry, I take that back. There's clearly a right side. I mean, there's no right way to handle this to make these people go away. Yes, exactly. I guess when I first heard you read that stat, I'm thinking not extreme situation. I think the KKK is an extreme situation. Yeah. Personally. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I'm thinking not extreme situation. I'm just thinking, you know, they bring in some. Semi-famous person and Ann Coulter, Ben Shapiro, yeah, 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 yeah. And provocateur like Milo, right. And, I don't and, want to tar Ben Shapiro with that same brush. But. Yeah, but I think even then, you processing through that, I think that you're right. Like, if I don't, if it's an auditorium setting, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm thinking more of that, not a protest setting or uh-huh. you know, wander around. Oh, right. That, that's what that's the stat was referring yeah. to. Okay. Uh, so, I think that. If you can go and raise good points in a Q&A... That is what awesome. used to happen. Yeah. So but if you're going to go... like <laughs> Berkeley just... is the home of the free speech movement. Yeah. So um, I read something written by a pr- professor at Berkeley who studied there when he was younger. He did his postgrad there. Um, he said, whenever these idiots used to show up to our campus, what we used to do was sit through their lecture and ask them questions and expose their ideas and right. their uh, false intellectualism. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it. Or don't go. Like, just it's not, that, the, like you said, but I was just, when you brought up the KKK, I was like, this is harder. No, because no, I, I, listen, like, we're not defending yeah. the KKK. No, 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 not at all. I, yeah. don't, I don't think that that, I don't think that seemed like you did at all. <laughs> I just more meant, I was trying to process it in a, what, what happens regularly moment. Like, uh-huh. you have speakers on campus, some people get angry, some people protest, some people yell at them. It's like, let them say their piece. Mm-hmm. If you choose to listen, awesome. If you really want to challenge them, like that's when you ask good questions, or you have your like most sessions end with some sort of Q and A. You have your time, but right. or you write a letter to the editor if it's a <laughs> if it's a college. Like that's right. that's how dialogue gets started. Like you. But one thing that ab- absolutely should not happen is there should never be any violence Mm-mm. of any kind in the public. Uh, uh, sphere. It's just not necessary or not called for for any type of public discourse. And that's like the sad thing about that is. I wonder if our mic is going to pick you up. Pick up I know chewing. my food. I'm <laughs> I, sorry. I'm, I'm, Guys, really, I'm really hungry. I'm really curious. I gotta, oh, I'm so sorry. We should have eaten before we started. No, no. I just got hungry within the last hour. It's been uh, a long day. I'm sorry. <laughs> I ate, ate breakfast a while ago. So I, breakfast. Yeah. You're doing a two meal a day. Kept going. Um, no, not usually. 
Um, yeah, and now we're talking about pizza after I told you guys that I had my background in nutrition, so <laughs> go me. Well-rounded, everybody. Our next paper is going to be funded by Domino's. Yeah, exactly, free. exactly. Uh, I don't even know what I was saying. The impact uh, of pizza on sports nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever whatever works for you. Everybody's unique. Um, I don't even know what I was saying now. Oh, we're talking about platforms for people we don't yeah. we don't agree with yeah. and violence in the public. Yes, space. yeah, I think that you know if somebody wants to be violent, unfortunately, that's just they just want an area to do it in, which is sad. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, so you think these people aren't really affiliated with the motion with the movement they're showing right. up with? They Not just, always. They yeah. just show up looking for trouble. Yeah, like some people are. Mm -hmm. It's just like, just like that. It, I mean, everyone's probably worked in some sort of customer service role at some point in their lives mm -hmm. and you give somebody a million dollars and they're going to always want a million and one like it's just right. always that person that's never going to be fully happy and I don't, I don't know this is a totally not even related to our beginning topic of yelling at people that, but it's like <laughs> that's what's scary about yeah that world and protesting and breeding anger when somebody else comes to contend it because right. then it gives them a reason to cause a problem. Exactly. When you give someone an opponent, that's right. when you're validating yeah. them. Yeah. So, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if you're going to be able to hear my eating. Yep. It was. Uh, I hit a wall at one point and needed some needed some <laughs> grub to. I'm so sorry about that. Everybody. No, stop. <laughs> that's, we'll see. Yeah, so yeah, you guys will we'll learn more about the snowball mic. Snowball mic. I hope this is all being recorded because I, I didn't really actually test, test it out. No, I think I tested it out before we, we moved. Yeah. We'll be good. Before we move forward. Do you have an outro? Or do we Um I was gonna sing the outro. No, no. Oh, no, good. God, this no. is good. Uh, well thanks for letting me be your first first guest on your I would love to have you on more, yeah. This yeah, is this is great. I think um I, I don't know. I, I hope we exchanged ideas and people, the three people that are going to listen to this. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm going to send it to them <laughs> and ask them questions and quiz them on it. You yeah. Got, you guys know who you are. Sorry about this. This is a learning <laughs> experience for me as well. So right. Anjan's more prepared than, than his oh, guest was probably. I, uh, no, I'm not. I hate, I hate, uh, I don't hate public speaking, but I hate the sound of my voice. Because in my head, in my head, I sound like a, uh, I sound like Wolverine, you know, I have this low, Grizzly sexy, yeah, this low, sexy yeah, growl. But then I hear it, I'm like, oh, God, you sound like a 40-year-old woman. That's not, <laughs> not the case, and we're not talking to a 40-year-old woman. That's no, I am not 40 years old. Army, conservative. Um, <laughs> but we will definitely, uh, I mean, I know this is Anjan's baby here. No, uh, this but, is, uh, Anna, you've been extremely helpful in, in yeah. setting this up and... We, Thank you for doing this with me. Yeah, for, absolutely. This is fun. This is this is a I'd say a snapshot of what our day to day conversation is. <laughs> um, but I'll let you all in on a secret that it, it is wide ranging from po politics to sports to hometowns to <laughs> gosh everything in between. So we um, we definitely won't. I don't think you're gonna stay I, I'm, solely I'm sure focused you think on. That I need to spend a little less time in the gym. No, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should do my job more. Hopefully, my no, you're you're fine. Um, but I think that your goal is to talk about things that people are passionate about, and people mm -hmm. uh, can have a dialogue around, and people have different opinions on. So. Um, yeah, let's let's. I hope this gets off the ground well, and we'll see where it goes.
right. Um, now's, days, the, now's the part where he days, sings. Days and Obtuse from Hearts Unknown. And we're out. All right, is it show time? Yeah, let's let's just. Did you write something? No, I, I didn't write anything. So, okay. so do we have music? Do we have music? <laughs> I wish I had music. Is this my, the intro? My friend uh, sent me a little piano, 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 piano slash keyboard. Yes, keyboard thing. It was a couple seconds long, and he's like, "Use this." I said, "Okay." What does it sound like? Um, it's oh. on my phone. I'd have to play it, but oh, I'll, I'm so probably gonna have combine. Him. You can combine. Yeah, that I'll with... probably have to okay, cut okay. it together. But let me see. Got it. Do you feel like you're educating an 80 year old right now? I I'm still learning this as I go on, so we can learn this together. All right, are you gonna give an intro? Uh, I don't want to do anything too formal. Let's just kind of ease into it. So right. let me. This is your world. I'm just living in it. I think this is from something, so we might be able to use this. Did he play? Yeah, he played. <laughs> he's not very good. He said he's still learning. 